Hello, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand insights, strategies and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about the Labor Party's proposed changes to capital gains tax and also negative gearing and what potential impact they might have on the property market and also for prospective property investors. So you're considering uh, investing in property and, and what will the impact be? So obviously with all the clowning around in Canberra last week with the spill of Malcolm Turnbull being ousted and um, uh, ScoMo now uh, our new Prime Minister, uh, it's uh, no doubt, I think in my mind, increased the chances of Labor winning the next election, unfortunately. Uh, I say unfortunately because I don't think their policies, particularly around negative gearing, uh, are actually going to achieve their aim, which is uh, to improve housing affordability. And I think it's going to have a lot of, a lot of unintended negative consequences um, that haven't really been thought out. But having said that, um, you know, are they any good and what will the impact be? So uh, firstly, why the change? Well, uh, according to the ALP, uh you know that that negative gearing is aimed at at uh, at the rich essentially, and it's tax breaks for the rich, and they think that um, that they should be paired back for that reason. Um, and what they're trying to do is stimulate the build of new new houses. Um, about two million Australians invest in property, and about sixty one percent of them uh, claim negative gearing benefits. So you know a significant uh, amount of people, about one point two million people are benefiting from negative gearing. So really 1.2 million out of about 19 million. So there's about 19 million people in Australia that are over the age of 18. Um, so that, that's really um, the proportion of the general public that um, benefits from these things. So what is, the, what is Labor proposing? Well, firstly, with negative gearing, what they're suggesting is or proposing is that they will no longer allow negative gearing if an investor purchases a uh, an established investment property after a, a proposed or yet to be determined date. So that is that um, uh, existing investments will be grandfathered. So if you already own an investment property, um, an established investment property, you will still be able to get the negative gearing benefit. It's just if, let's say that uh, Labor wins the election next year, and let's say it takes about 12 months to get this legislation in place. Uh, so, so let's say 2020. So uh, as it's proposed, if you go and buy a property in 2020 after that legislation is imposed and that property is an established property, so it's not a new build property, you will no longer be able to claim negative gearing on that asset. Um, so as I said, existing assets are grandfathered, which is great. So if you're an existing property investor, no need to worry about it. It's really just that this policy only impacts your future investment decisions. Um, but also uh, negative gearing is still allowed if it's a new build property, a new co newly constructed property. So obviously what they're trying to do is, is stimulate supply in the property market. Um, also, the ALP has made some proposed changes to capital gains tax and again, it only affects new assets. There's a grandfathering provision in there. Uh, so uh, normally if you sell a, a property and you make a gain, you're allowed to discount that gain by 50%. Um, well, now what they're sa saying is that you can only discount that gain by 25%. So that you'll be taxed uh, on 75% of the total gain as opposed to 50% as it currently is. 
So really increasing that capital gains tax uh, rate. So what's the impact on property investment? So I calculated the internal rate of return and the internal rate of return is an estimate of the profitability of a potential investment. So what it's trying to do is say, okay, if I invest in this asset and I've got to contribute cash flows towards this asset and I sell the asset one day and have to pay some tax and get some money back, adding everything up, what is my overall return being? And so um, I calculate a internal rate of return on, say, a $750,000 property at 12.6% uh, per annum. So if we hold that property for 20 years, it, it grew at a, a rate of 5% above inflation in terms of capital growth. We've got a 3% um, yield, interest rates at 7%. They're, they're the key assumptions that I used. Um, and then you go and sell that asset, pay the capital gains tax, get a whole bunch of money in your bank account, over that 20-year period, the average return has been 12.6% over that period of time. And so the key component there, the key assumption there that changes the return is the capital growth rate. And again, I've assumed 5% above inflation, so 5% plus inflation. Uh, so pretty healthy return, right? If we make the, if we hold all the assumptions the same, but just change the uh, tax implications as a result of the ALP's policies, uh, the internal return rate of return drops from 126 to 9.3%. So about a, a, a quarter, about 26% lower return um, after tax by investing in property. So it doesn't kill it. It doesn't make it um, not worthwhile. I mean, it's still a pretty healthy return, nearly, you know, sort of close to sort of 10%. Um, but it certainly has a, a pretty sort of large impact. Now, you don't have to be a, a Rhodes Scholar to work out that a policy like this is probably going to reduce demand for investment lending. And um, because obviously, you know, there'll be a lot of scaremongering, people will, uh, that will make un uneducated decisions. They won't sort of look at the internal rate of return. They won't understand, well, if you can get more than 5% capital growth, um, for example, you, you know, it's going to work out better for you. And it's all about asset selection and everything that, that I talk about in my podcasts and, and books and so forth. Now, a lot of people aren't going to understand that side of the story. So they're just going to look at it at face value and say, no more negative gearing, property investment's not the way to go, so I'm out. And you, as I say, you don't have to be a road scholar to work out that investment lending's probably, the volume of investment lending's probably going to be pulled back. Um, and I looked at, you know, the, the connection between investment lending, own-occupied lending, and housing price growth. And it's pretty clear uh, and I've got a, a chart, a link to a chart in the show notes. It's it's pretty clear that there is uh, that both owner owner occupy and investment lending um, have a pretty, very big impact on property price growth. So if you take that investment lending away, it will affect obviously the demand for housing, and therefore it will affect prices at some at some level. So I think prices will fall. Prices will fall significantly, I think, in investor-owned dense locations. So, you know, if you've got the type of property, for example, you know, you bought an off-the-plan property in a high-rise apartment, you know, you probably, and they were sold to a lot of investors, for example, well, that, that sort of sector of the market's going to be hurt quite a lot. If you uh, own a property in a suburb that's dominated by owner-occupiers, well, I think these policies will have little impact on on your property prices so i think at a median level we probably see some maybe reductions in property prices but median data is not very useful 
um, for this exercise at least. Uh, uh, so, but I think in, in market segments, it's going to depend where, where are you invested? Where is your property located? Is it dominated by investors or own occupiers? Um, uh, I think also that no doubt investors will pass on some of this higher holding costs to, to renters. So I think rent, uh, there'll be pressure on rents to increase, uh, not to the same degree. I mean, they won't be able to pass on the higher co- holding costs because of ne- no negative gearing, but w- rents will definitely increase, which, you know, could be a, a good thing for existing uh, investors too if that happens. You know, one of my major concerns is the fact that they still allow negative gearing on, on new built property. So I imagine lots of developers and property spruikers are going to come out of the woodwork espousing, you know, great taxation benefits if you invest in this off-the-plan apartment or this house and land package. The problem with that, however, is those properties almost always, in fact, I would say never make good investments because they're located in areas where land is not scarce. All the buildings are not scarce. So if you're buying one of 400 apartments, you know, you're not buying a scarce asset. And so I think what it'll do is it'll encourage investors to invest in a sector of the market where they're not going to get returns. So certainly it increases housing supply. So tick, that's great. Um, but the, the burden of that cost lies in the people that are actually investing in that, those assets. Um, so what about longer term? Well, if you look at the average capital growth rate since 1980, so some, um, uh, you know, some nearly 40 year period, uh, uh, between Melbourne and Sydney, the average capital growth average is at about 8.1%. And if you assume that you're going to get a, a rental yield of, say, 2% after you're paying all expenses, not interest, but all property expenses, then you're, then you're looking at a long-term return of around about 10 or more percent over a 40-year period. Um, now, if you think about the last 40 years, the, the market's had to endure a lot of challenges like double-digit double interest rates, um, the abolition of, of negative gearing back in 1985. In 1985, they scrapped negative gearing for a few months and then realised it wasn't a good idea. In 1985, they also introduced uh, capital gains tax. In 2000, they introduced GST. There's been wars, a couple of share market crashes, some recessions, many different governments and prime ministers over this t- this 40-year period. So despite all this, returns have still been really he- healthy. And so I think this is one of these things, these one of the blips or challenges that a property market has always endured over time and will continue to endure. So I think over the long run, um, property price growth won't change. I think over the long run, property will still make a really good investment and it's seen and dealt with these challenges in the past. Um, so I don't, therefore, I don't think the policy is actually going to work. It's not going to change housing affordability. Housing affordability is still going to be overwhelmingly driven by demand and supply and you're really not going to change. Unless you can dramatically change supply, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to help. Um, so, uh, but if you are concerned with the impact of these changes, then probably the best thing to do is is um, buy an investment property before uh, Labor either wins the election, and if they do, before they enact this new legislation. So over the next sort of 12 to 18 months, I would have thought, depending on when the election's going to be, I suspect it'll be May next year, um, uh, get into the market at that stage. Um the other thing too I'd like to mention is in reality I doubt that the um, policy will be implemented as proposed. So they're going to have, to, I mean, depends if the, if the ALP win with a massive majority, then then fine, they'll probably just go ahead and implement it. Um, but if they don't, they're going to have to negotiate. And I think instead of a, a, a 
an abolition of negative gearing in totality, I think what they'll probably do is limit it. So they might limit it to maybe one property per taxpayer or a certain dollar value per taxpayer, or maybe what they'll do is scrap negative gearing for very high income earners to say, okay, the mega rich no longer get this tax break, for example. But, you know, I find it difficult to believe, depending on the majority that they have, uh, that they'll get it across the line. Uh, if they do, and there are changes, uh, certainly there, there's ways that there can potentially be ways around it. So you buy a property in a unit trust and you borrow to buy the units in that trust. Um, so therefore you can negative gear because you're borrowing, you're investing in units, not in property. That's one way to get around it. Uh, maybe put the property in a company. Now the company tax rate uh, is reduced to 27.5%. Um, uh, you're, you're capping your capital gains tax at least at that at that rate. Uh, so that might be a, a way of doing it. So look, when it gets in, in force, um, uh, you know, m- maybe it'll work. So in summary, uh, I think it's going to win votes. You know, uh, 89% of the uh, Australian voting public, so that's everyone over 18, um, doesn't own a property and isn't impacted uh, by these changes and will probably like the idea of curbing the tax breaks for the rich, as uh, Shorten will uh, pitch it. Um, so whilst these policies might be, you know, um, populist, win populist election votes, I doubt they're going to have any long, long-term impact on housing affordability. So they're really not going to achieve their aim. Um, and I think, you know, if it does upset the market and, you know, we do see uh, housing, price fall, housing prices fall, uh, I think there could be unintended negative consequences in terms of what typically happens is consumer sentiment tends to get impaired in that situation. We saw in in the US market um, during the GFC when housing prices fell, people stopped spending, people were fearful and so forth. So that really impacts uh, that part of that market. And so if that if that occurs, then maybe there, there'll be wider economic consequences of making policies like this, ill-conceived policies like this. Uh, so there you are, uh, a bit of impact on the outcome of property investment, but maybe there's ways around it. There's certainly things or actions you can take uh, now today that is start investing uh, to avoid being caught in those uh, those policies. So I hope that's been useful and until next week, bye for now.